Howdy, folks, and welcome to the latest episode of the Varsity Podcast, podcast where we get you all caught up on everything that's happening up here in the North Shore sports scene. From Friday Night Drive, I'm Michael Dwojek here with Joe Coughlin, the founding member of the record North Shore. After a couple weeks, a uh, little break here, we are back here recording another episode of the podcast where um, we're going to do uh, our last uh, summer podcast where we've got some stories to talk about, get over, um, just uh, talk about some fun stories that we've had the last couple of weeks. So um, we'll talk about that. We'll do a three-quarter format or three-period format for this week's episode. And then next week, we will jump into our football preview show, get you in-depth analysis about both Loyola and Nutria for the upcoming season. So um, we've got one more summer style podcast to go with here um, as we say goodbye to summer and start getting ready for the fall sports seasons here. So in the first quarter, we are going to uh, talk about some different uh, stories that happened a couple weeks. Um, we got Loyola Wrestling competing at Nationals. Um, we got an interest squad uh, program showdown for uh, 13 U League baseball. We've got some star swimmers and we've got um, uh, Maggie Lyon uh, joining us in the second quarter or period as well. And we'll talk about her uh, and her uh, role as an assistant coach now in the first quarter. Like I mentioned, Maggie Lyon in the second period. And then in the third period, we'll get you a nice, uh, cool little story about um, the inaugural girls football flag football program uh, starting off this year and kind of lead our way into uh, football season and uh, give you a little taste before we get into our preview next week. But just a quick reminder that you can subscribe to the podcast anywhere that there. Make sure you check us out um, on iTunes, Spotify, Android. Give us a nice little subscription, a uh, nice little review as well. We always appreciate it. Um, and if we're now where you're listening to podcasts and let us know, we'll hopefully get uh latest episodes over there as well. But why don't we start things off here by uh, talking about uh, wrestling, wrestling, well, that came out weird, um, <laughs> yes, national wrestling. Uh, I think that's just like an unconscious way of saying, uh, a subconscious way of saying uh, um, wrestling. But Loyola sent four uh, wrestlers to nationals um, competing uh, from July 16th to the 22nd in Fargo, North Dakota. Um, Rising uh, senior uh, from Loyola, Macy Odioti, led the way by advancing all the way to the national title match um, in the Greco-Roman uh, bracket, the first time for a Rambler. Um, we got some other guys competing as well. So, Joe, um, some cool stuff happening for some Ramblers at uh, Nationals, and you figure that's got to bode well for the winter once we uh, get there. Yeah, you know, we kind of... Uh, talked about the resurgent Loyola Academy wrestling program um, in the winter and a little bit, you know, toward the end of winter and spring season at state when they had a few guys go down there. Um, it's pretty cool to see under Matt Collum, you know, he's really uh, pushing this program to new heights and, and that's his goal. Um, so seeing their work at Fargo was impressive. And, and if you're in the wrestling world at all, um, you know about Fargo. Um, and if you're not, it's, it's a big deal. Um, it's a national competition, obviously junior nationals, um, you know, a lot of travel programs, club programs send their best to Fargo, um, to compete. It's, it's a huge deal. So pretty cool. And, and 
you, you mentioned it, Odiati, Matthew Odiati, he's, he's a Northbrook kid um, and a Rambler. Uh, finished second in state in the winter um, he, as a, uh, um, uh, I want to say, yeah, he's a rising senior, so he's a junior. And now he's coming into his senior year and he, and he made it all the way to the finals of this national meet. Pretty cool stuff from him. He actually had a lead on his opponent, uh, was working really quick in the final bout. I watched video of it, was up 4-0 and then uh, maybe got a little too greedy. His words, not mine, um, <laughs> and moving too quick. And he, uh, he took down, or Kale Lund- Lauder- La- Lauridson kind of caught him in a move, flipped him and pinned him pretty quickly. So um, maybe a little too greedy, but really cool to get to the finals. We had three other people there um, from Loyola, Harley Hiller, who's um, a female wrestler for them. She's a rising sophomore. Um, she made, was a state medalist uh, in the winter. She finished in eighth place in her division. And then two incoming freshmen, James uh, Himila and Gavin Perdia. Um, they're both coming into Loyola. So look for them to make an imp- impact. Uh, James finished fourth in Greco-Roman and sixth in freestyle. And Gavin was eighth in Greco-Roman. Again, these are national um, finishes. So pretty big deal. Look for them to make an immediate uh, mark on the program when we start up again in a few months. Yeah, it should be a lot of fun just, you know, watching what these guys are able to do and just being able to compete at such a um, high level. Joe, just what kind of momentum does this kind of build, build for the program just you know, being able to have so many different uh, um, wrestlers competing, gain this experience. I mean, how I feel like this only helps the um, Rambler wrestling program continue its growth. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it, it can only help seeing them do this well on a national stage and what they did at state last year. And Coach Callum was the, was the lead coach of the year um, as well. So this is all rolling downhill. It all is going to help that pipeline from travel programs to Loyola Academy. Uh, I don't know if it had... Loyola had too much of a reputation for wrestling, um, but uh, I think it's gaining one, and that can only get it get the school more. Um, you know, the term I want to use is recruits. So I guess that's not appropriate for uh, high school athletes, but uh, uh, more more kids coming in who want to wrestle for uh, the maroon and gold. So um, I think it can only help, and uh, the more accolades, the better. And we're gonna, you know, they had they had other guys too who who didn't. Uh, I'm not sure if they didn't compete in this series or didn't make. Uh, make it there but the herbert brothers um a couple guys are coming back uh, for that program it's going to be good all right well congrats to them exciting obviously uh to see what they're able to do in the winter we can wait a little bit until winter gets here i'm fine with that but um when the winter does roll around it will be fun uh, to see what these guys are able to do and add uh, once we get there but let's move on over now we got had um a neighbor versus neighbor battle on july 24th um, and the winner take all rumble in Glenview between New Trier, Peter Baseball's 213 U teams, blue and green. The two teams uh, squared off against each other for the first time um, in the championship. And um, it was a fun crowd, Joe, and a really cool um, atmosphere, a lot, especially for a lot of friends and neighbors um, competing against each other. Yeah, you know, in the summer, we got to throw in some youth baseball. Um, it's always fun to catch up with those kids and what they're doing. They're all you know, there's baseball players and, and other sports too, of course, uh, putting in the work over the summer. And this is just a cool story about how two teams made it to the league finals and they were from the same program, um, which according to the coaches, the first they've heard of, you know, uh, the green or the blue team or even the gray team, they've won individual titles, but they've never played uh, their, basically their program mates 
um, their neighbors in the finals. And that's what happened here. And, and in this one, um, Nutria Green was actually the second 13U team. And while uh, that can be a little, you know, it's not like the, the 10 best go here and the other 10, the next 10 go here. It's intermixed a little bit, but this was Green is known as the second team. So they were a bit of an underdog um, and had to do some comebacks. They had to play some, they finished, I think, fifth in the regular season. So had a tough route to the title game. And they met up there with, with Blue um, and faced a deficit, came back. Just a lot of, a lot of fun. Um, you know, a 10-run outburst in the sixth inning. Um, gave Green the win, um, come from behind win. Um, and uh, a lot of, I guess, fans, a lot of Nutria area folk out there watching this one. Uh, cool story watching Green celebrate after that incredible run. Um, but just cool to play your neighbors on that big stage, a little friendly rivalry. Yeah, definitely. Congrats to them, obviously, on the fun win there. Um, always fun little memories that you can bring in. Uh, nice little story to tell when uh, back to school happens, but uh, maybe some uh, smack talk as well. Down <laughs> but um, we'll move on over now. And uh, we had Wildcat Aquatics. My goodness, what is wrong with my enunciation today? Wildcat Aquatics. Um, which compromises of many current and former uh, New Trier High School and Loyola Academy swimmers competed in uh, Minneapolis um, for the USA Swimming Futures Championships um, held at the end of July, July 27th through the 30th um, and won the overall men's and women's team title in the season ending meet. Um, Joe, another really cool opportunity for um, some local swimmers to get some national experience competing against some of the best swimmers um, across the country. Yeah, we talked about <laughs> earlier in this period, uh, Loyola wrestling on, you know, uh, up and coming, but uh, Nutrier is kind of already there and has cemented its place as one of the best programs in the state. Loyola is not far behind either. So a lot of Nutrier and Loyola swimmers are with this program, the Wildcat Aquatics, and uh, put on really a show at this Futures event. One of five future events held across the nation, kind of these regional championships a lot of college swimmers are swimming there too so not just high schoolers and uh, younger age groups but you got these stars that were there that on the girls side Carly Novaline and Kaylin Gridley they're, they're state champs and they kind of did what they what they do Novaline tallied uh, I think over 100 points for her team uh, which is a big deal I mean she won the 100 and 200 backstrokes the 50 and 100 freestyles and 100 butterfly um, and she picked up a second place finish too. So she was dominant. And I think the five event wins were the most of any future event across the country. Like I said, there were five. So her five individual wins were the most of any of those meets. Uh, she's a star. She's going to Virginia, kind of one last local show. Gridley's not far behind. She's going to Duke. She won a couple races too. Um, and then they combined for, I think, uh, a relay win or two. Um, and then we also had the Wendell twins, Alexis and Leslie do some damage. And just the girls, I think, finished second overall behind like a college Nebraska team. And then if you combine their score with the boys' score, which was a category, uh, they were the overall champs. So uh, the aquatics, the Wildcat Aquatics won the overall championship. On the boys' side, we had Andy Kelly and Lachlan Andrew, both Loyola stars, uh, doing some really big things as well. Um, Kelly picked up two second-place finishes. Um, and these are super fast times. Uh, these are top-notch, like, competing for the Olympic times for these kids. So these are some of the best swimmers in the, the nation here, and they just did some damage on a, a pretty fun event. Uh, 
and really one of the last for a lot of these kids like like Kelly, like um, Gridley and uh, Novaline go off to college and compete in that level. Yeah, it should be really fun to see what the future holds for some of these guys but um, and girls, but it was a really fun experience. Make sure you check out Joe's story um, to get the full uh, angle and story of all the results and everyone who competed um, at the record northshore.org. All right, we're going to finish up the first period here, kind of leading into the second period. Um, Joe, I know you got a chance to catch up with Maggie Lyon, um, who uh, spent a lot of good times uh, competing um, with Northwestern and uh, finally is getting an opportunity to kind of get her coaching career started here. Yeah, it's so uh, it's so odd. I'll tell you guys just this, this funny story. I Maggie, uh, I saw that she got the job at Northwestern. I've been meaning to email her. Then I just ran into her at a coffee shop, a local coffee shop. So I, I probably scared the heck out of her by saying her name loudly, uh, just so I could <laughs> set up an interview. Uh, but it worked out. And, uh, you know, I used to cover Maggie during her Nutrier days when uh, she was really dominant and, and a four-year varsity star and um, some of the best basketball I've seen were, were with her and Jewel Lloyd, who's now in the WNBA um, and went to Niles West, uh, kind of going um, back and forth in some battles there in the CSL. So wanted to catch up with her and, and see how her coaching crew is going. Um, you know, she told me, she, you know, she was in the sports marketing world for a while. Um, and uh, then she got in, she was coaching on the side there too, then decided she really liked it. So got a job at Loyola um, Chicago uh, last year. Uh, some really great timing there with a coach leaving and, and again a coach left at Northwestern opened up a spot and she got it there so um, you guys are going to hear in this second quarter here us talk a little bit about that what she loves about coaching what she, what some of her goals are and uh, maybe we'll throw in some of uh, what Northwestern's going to look like on the floor this year. All right so let's jump into the second period and hear from Maggie. Why North why did you want specifically Northwestern obviously you played there but what is it about the program that's that that means a lot to you yeah i think the program and the school um just mean a lot to me for for multiple reasons i, I grew up a northwestern fan so just like understanding the history of the program and the school um i think that something that i loved so much as a student athlete was like the people at the school and how i just feel like everyone does does things and at least goes about things the right way um and i think that just to be around excellence where, you know, you can succeed in, like, basketball and sports at a really high level, but also get a world-class degree. I know that sounds cheesy and, like, a recruiting pitch, but it's true. Like, you don't – I felt like it was really special that you didn't have to sacrifice one or the other to, like, okay, well, I just want to play, like, really high-level basketball, so I'll sacrifice my education. Or – I want to get a really good education, so maybe I won't get to play it, like, as high of a level basketball-wise. But, like, I was able to do both. And so um, the people that are at the school and work in the athletic department and professors, just, like, the type of person that, like, wants to go to Northwestern and succeed at that level are people that I want to be around. Um, so that is kind of, like, a huge reason for um, wanting to go back there is just uh, – I don't know, like, it, it, it truly, it's, like, it's very special to me that you can, you can do both, and, and um, I don't know, it's, like, it's like a family feel of, uh, 
even like, you know, the, the field hockey coach who wins national championships and lacrosse coach wins national championships, but they like know your first name when you're walking around campus. Like it's like a smaller <laughs> feel yeah. while still being like this high level thing. And once you, you know, you were working through, um, you were with Priority Sports and you were um, doing the coaching, what did you learn during those coaching experiences that, that wanted you to stay in that in that line of work? Um, I think I, I just love being able to connect with the, um, the athletes and just being able to kind of, I don't know, be like on the basketball side of it, but also beyond just like the relationship side of it where, um, you know, I love being a part of the team and I love like being a leader on the teams that I was a player on. And so seeing it from like the coach's perspective where it wasn't necessarily this like stuffy authority figure, I could, I could still be like relatable to the, to the kids, but also like affect them in a positive way of like so many things that I learned, um, as an athlete was from like what my coaches kind of like instilled in me and taught to me and that was like a feeling that I hadn't had since I played basketball so it was really kind of cool on the flip side to feel that like fulfillment of oh okay wow like you know as a player it was cool to improve like put work in improve and see the progress and as a coach now to be able to like work really hard with a player and like kind of help guide them be a resource and then see them improve and being a part of that journey and seeing them like have that reward and in progress and being a, like a small part of it was really really special um and then I also I think that uh for me I am like super uh like super competitive and so I think that being able to like channel that into now like the coaching part of it I, I also think um I know what I was going to say that like I didn't know um if I was going to ever like yeah find like a um I guess I, I learned a lot of things as a, as a player but I didn't realize them until I was on the coaching side so once I started to see that that was actually I think the biggest thing once I started to see that from the coaching side, I was like, yeah, I almost wish I could go back to play and, like, be a better coachable kid. Like, not that I wasn't, but I think being able to, like, okay, I understand why you're, like, being stubborn right now because I would have been stubborn in this moment, but, like, to kind of, like, bring my experience while also be, like, I understand why you think that way, I understand why you feel like that, but as from a coach's perspective, you really need to change X, Y, and Z. So, I think kind of Pulling the coaching side and the playing side together was really cool for me. Sorry, that was kind of rambled on, but no, you, I, no, it's good. You got to. Um, so it's obviously early in your coaching career, as you mentioned. I'm just curious what. There's all types of different types of coaches, and I guess you know they all, in general, most of them are competitive and and, and they want to win. But, you know, what type of coach are you? What what do you bring to the Northwestern program or to young basketball players?
you know, explain to kids, like, why we're doing something, not just make them do something. Um, so I think that would be one style. I also think that um, I just try to, like, have that player coach mentality where, like, being a little bit more relatable because I'm, I'm closer to the game and, and I was a player for so long um, is kind of my style. I wouldn't – I also, like, have really – like high expectations because I had high expectations for myself and I, you know, I like, I always felt like the best coach was one that like really, really believed in me. And if I believe in you, that means that like, I know you can always do better. And so, um, that's another thing I think that like, I expect a lot from kids that I coach, but I think if, if the coach doesn't expect high out of them, then like, they're not always going to expect that high out of them. So, um, so I think that's another thing that I kind of bring is knowing what, what a player is capable of and, like, helping them believe that about themselves. Okay, now tell me about, uh, if you don't mind, Northwestern. What kind of – it's early, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. what is Northwestern going to bring to the court this year? Um, I think we're going to be um, – you know, obviously we, we lost Veronica Burton, who is, like, kind of an irreplaceable player but um we're bringing back two uh like super seniors with their COVID year Courtney Shaw and Sydney Wood and they're both players who are part of our Big Ten championship team so um and they're all conference players so that's going to be great to have like that senior senior leadership who know what it takes to win a championship and have great experience um so that's awesome we also bring in an awesome freshman class um great uh, guard from New York, uh, who's already, she's been killing it this summer, Caroline Lau, um, a uh, kind of like a three, four, like stretch forward uh, from Australia, who's also really impressive this summer, and then um, Lauren Trumpy, who's a, a true like six, five post, who um, she's, she's been great for us this summer. And then um, everyone else, like, has just had great experience. Like, playing with a, someone like Veronica Burton, um, I think, last year in, in, uh, in games and practice and stuff, like, I've had all that experience playing with her, and now without her there, I think it all of a sudden kind of put new roles into what they are on the court. And um, we've had a great summer, and I think that uh, – We'll have a really good season and just kind of really looking forward to getting them back on campus once uh, school starts in September. And, uh, like I said, great summer, great team chemistry so far, and um, just looking forward to having that translate on the court. Thanks so much for joining us, Maggie. Make sure you check out the full story at the recordnorthshore.org. Some good stuff from Joe there. Um, looking at her career and what's next and what to expect for Northwestern as well. But um, let's move on over now to the third period where we will uh, get our football on, get ready with that. But um, why don't we start things off here with uh, the inaugural girls uh, flag football program, um, really getting a cool opportunity here. Over 80 girls have signed up for the inaugural program um offering from uh, the north shore tribunes youth uh football organization um and joe this is a really cool opportunity um for a lot of girls to get involved in the sport and for the uh program to really grow too yeah this is uh i thought this was so cool uh you know they kind of 
email me that they're working on this pilot program. And um, yeah, I thought, absolutely, this is a story um, and looked into it more. And they already have 80 kids signed up, as you mentioned, uh, which equals about 18. So they already have eight girls teams on the flag side ready to compete with some teams that are growing also in Glenview and Northbrook and Evanston's working on some teams. So they're going to have a league here um, at multiple age divisions um, for girls flag football. And um, just stepping back and talking about the North Shore Junior Trevians, which is it's kind of been, you know, youth football has evolved on the North Shore. They used to have teams in other towns like the Wilmette Eagles and the Winneka Waves was a team back when. And then, uh, you know, they combined, but there was also a Glencoe team. And now they're all together and it seems really organized and really pushing forward to kind of, you know, be that new Trier feeder program um, called the North Shore Junior Trevians, and their numbers have skyrocketed. I mean, they have over a thousand kids playing just flag football, and then a few hundred playing tackle uh, at different levels. So, uh, just just really becoming a robust program that's already paying dividends for Nutrier's high school program, which has nice numbers at the lower levels. So, now they're starting this pilot program for the girls. Uh, they got 80. They're looking for more. I bet they've gotten some more in the past week and a half since I've talked to them. Um, and they're going to start here in September. But uh, girls flag football is growing. It's it's growing across the nation. You know, the NFL is trying to promote it. They're giving away grants. Um, I think, you know, you may have seen in the news, Chicago Public School CPS has a program uh, for, for girls flag football. So it's growing elsewhere. And uh, we might have a nice little uh, league that's that's growing here right on the North Shore. How big is that? And what is the react? What was the reaction? You know, just talking to different people about you know how cool of an event or how cool of a thing it is. You know, just being able to grow the sport this way. You know, I talked to one of the one of the girls who's playing. She's only in fourth grade, uh, but she loves football, and she you know she learned from her cousins and her brothers how to play, her um, family members, I should say, how to play the game, and and she wants to play the game. So in previous years, she had kind of played flag with other boys now she gets to play with um, her peers and she's excited about that and excited that it's more than a couple you know this is a whole program of of girls who wanted to play and I think that's great I mean um, there's girls who want to play football and these these programs like North Shore are recognizing that and giving them that platform um, I think they're all very excited there's kind of just this buzz around it um, so I don't know exactly uh, the buzz around in other areas, but I know here it's, it's pretty high. Should be a really cool opportunity for a lot of girls in the area. I'm very cool to see that how many people are involved in the both flag football and tackle football. But um, for the full story, make sure you check out the record northshore.org. Joe's full story um, is there. You get some cool photos and uh, quotes as well. So a lot of good stuff going on over there. Well, uh, to finish off this episode of the podcast, we're not going to get full into football, um, you know, going down breakdowns, team by team, looking at the schedule, looking at positions, all that kind of stuff. But, um, Joe, just to get kind of a tease ready for next week, I mean, just what um, what are some things that have kind of caught your interest um, with both Loyola and Nutrier so far um, that kind of has you excited for the upcoming season? and. Um, you know, can kind of get us ready here as we uh, get ready to do a full break, uh, full breakdown here next uh, week. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm ready. It's, it's that time of year. Um, we we got we were out at Loyola's practice. We were out at Nutrier's practice. We're going to hit Highland Park. Uh, something we're adding this year um, a little bit to our sports coverage, um, and and we're pumped about it. And I think 
you know, early, early uh, indications are Michael surprise, surprise, Loyola is going to be good. <laughs> uh, they're going to be a very good team. Um, they're deep. Uh, you know, they don't, you know, and I know you, you've checked them out and written about them too. They're, they got a lot of familiar faces on offense, including a returning quarterback, always a big deal. Um, big tight ends. Um, and uh, the defense, they only have a few returners, but Nutria, or I'm sorry, Loyola reloads on the defensive end, and this is going to be good. So opener on ESPN, very exciting uh, a week from Sunday. Um, so pumped about that. Nutrier's looking to really uh, rebuild. I say that because they're in and out every year, at least the playoff team, and sometimes put together bigger years. They hope for this to be one of the bigger years. They're, they're rebuilt on the defensive end. They, they knew they had to be better there. That's with their dynamic offense last year. Um, they kind of gave away some games on that end, the other end of the football. So uh, they're looking to kind of build that up and, and they're pumped about it. Um, so we're going to talk, we're, we're going to have that defensive lean to the story so you can learn about them um, early next week. And we'll talk about some of the personnel and um, it's going to be exciting, but I'm ready to, to get after it. We'll get more into it, obviously, next week. But I think with Loyola, I think the biggest thing, I don't think this is groundbreaking news, but um, the CCL Blue, CCL L-E-S-C-C Blue is going to be insane this season. Just with the talent that is in that division this year, I think uh, um, you. I wouldn't be surprised if Loyola picks up a couple losses and that's somehow good for them when it comes time for the playoffs. We'll get more into it next weekend, but or next week. But I do think that um, with what St. Rita is bringing back, obviously a talented program every single year with Mount Carmel getting a lot of experience from last season's team where um, last year was a growing year for them losing in the quarterfinals. Um, and uh, with what Marist is, or uh, Brother Rice is able to do every single year. And then um, obviously Brother Rice as well. Um, obviously St. Arena not in that blue division, but just playing them. And um, St. Arena kind of got an interesting deal not to get too far into it, but they have to play every CCL blue team um, this season. So uh, it should be a lot of fun. You pretty much can, can consider St. Rita in that division since they have to yeah. play everybody. But um, the schedules for all those teams are really interesting and you will get a lot of high, a lot of great football games happening here this season for Loyola um, and all those CCL blue teams. So um, we'll dive more into that next week. And, you know, just looking at the whole grand scheme of things for both Loyola and Nutria, but um football season is almost here we've got camp breakdown all that kind of stuff going on at the friday night drive so make sure you're checking out all our stuff we have conference previews for every single conference um get your breakdown for everything uh, going on i have uh previews up for every single ccl escc uh conference or division i should say so make sure you check those out as well so uh, get yourself ready for the football season that is less than two weeks away. And obviously, as always, check out Joe's work at the record Northshore.org. He's got all the great sports coverage um, that you're interested in as well. So if you like episodes like these and you want to get ready for football this week and this season, make sure you subscribe to the podcast anywhere that they're available. That stuff will get downloaded every single week and you will not miss a single episode. So Make sure you check us out there. And always, we appreciate the subscriptions and always the positive reviews. Always appreciate all that great stuff. So one more episode to go, Joe, before we've got a whole football breakdown. Summer episodes are over with this one. So uh, make sure you check out us as we are getting ready for a whole nother season. So until then, 
For Joe and I, thanks so much for joining us this week, and we will talk to you guys next week. See ya. Thank you for listening to the Varsity, a product of the record northshore.org, your nonprofit local newsroom. 